Um, today's scripture is found in Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For him, for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth, or in heaven by making peace through the blood of the cross. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength and our salvation. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. This passage in Colossians is subtitled, The Supremacy of Christ. The supremacy of Christ. This is Christ the King Sunday, which is evident by our children's sermon. The King. Christ the King. The supremacy of Christ. The firstborn. See, when we talk about bringing our first fruits to the altar as a sacrifice, as our contribution, as our, our offering to God, it is in response to God having given us of God's very best. The first fruit of God was Jesus Christ. And I love that nugget right in the center of the passage that Farron just read. It was verse 15 where it said that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You may have heard that in our opening prayer as well. Jesus makes visible what is invisible in the mysterious God. The incarnate nature of Jesus is one of the most precious gifts we have as Christians. This idea of God come to earth. 
to experience what we've experienced, to be in this plane and feel what it feels like to be wholly human, and all the while being wholly divine. The supremacy of Christ, the one that we have celebrated throughout this Christian year, who we are about to begin to learn anew as we begin a new Advent season in the coming weeks. In the scripture, it tells us that Jesus was first in everything. In fact, in James, there's a correlative kind of statement. This is from James 1.18, where it talks of God of his own will bringing forth humans by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of creatures. That's where that idea comes from in Genesis of us having dominion, us having stewardship over the earth. That we, like Jesus, are from the first fruit. That we also are made in the image and likeness of God. And that we share in the inheritance. It's interesting to think of that word share. When we talk about the inheritance that God has so generously given to us, and that we share it among ourselves, among God's children, it means one thing. But in another way, when we use the word share, we're talking about what we give, what we share with others, what we know not to be just for us, but for the whole world. This first gift of God, Jesus Christ, and the message that Jesus comes to bring of love and grace, forgiveness and mercy and we can't keep it to ourselves because it's a gift that needs to be given it only comes to fruition once it has been given when we are called to bring our first fruits to the altar we are called to give the best of what we have the best of our prayers the best of our presence the best of our gifts the best of our witness the best of our service. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm the best in the morning. By the end of the day, I'm dragging a little bit. And so I give that time to God, that first fruit of my own experience in a day. That's the day, time that I give to devotion, to studying God's word, praying, to give the best, the first fruits of my day. In Exodus, it talks about bringing the first fruits of our ground to the house of the Lord, the first ripe fruits. And throughout the Old Testament, when it talks about the sacrifices that were brought to the altar, it talks about the, the calves that were the most beautiful, the most pure, not the striped or spotted animals, but the ones that were of a single color. That's what they considered then to be the first fruits, the best, the most ripe have you all seen the, there's ads out now that talk about ugly fruit, giving the ugly fruit a second chance, not just buying the most beautiful. But it's interesting when we think of that, that it's okay to use those sort of funny-shaped carrots for stew, but the ones that we send as carrot sticks with our kids in their school lunches are the beautifully shaped ones, bringing our first fruits and vegetables, right? It's like when you go to the fair and you see those zucchinis that won first prize. You see those blue ribbons on the pumpkins and in the pig stalls and in the calves stalls. The first fruits, 
the best that those little 4-H kids have had to offer. It's like when you put out your best china for a meal that's so special when you're inviting guests, when you're inviting family, such as this time of Thanksgiving, when you're coming here to this church. I'm not going to say that we're using our best china today because I'm not sure whether they're using paper or uh, something else, but whatever it is, it's the best, and it's meant to be a celebration of our dedication to this church. It's like when you wear your best dress, your best clothing to go somewhere special, to honor that experience because it's worth it, because you want to give the best of yourself. And that's what we want to give to God, the best that we have to offer. In fact, in Matthew, we hear Jesus saying, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When we give that first fruit to God, it improves our experience. All of the righteousness is added to us because we have dedicated the best of what we have to God. In Malachi, talking about tithing, we hear that God pours down blessings in response. And I think that that's such a wonderful thing because when I read that, I'm reminded of the story in John. This story of the loaves and the fishes happens throughout the Gospels, but in the Gospel of John, we hear that it's a young boy who takes his lunch from inside his cloak and shares it. And so when you think of it that way, that miracle, it's still a miracle, and this is just the way that some scholars look at this particular version of the miracle in John, that perhaps what happened was that one little boy said, here, I'll share my bread and my fish. And then everyone else, out of the goodness of their hearts, said, here, I'll share my lunch too. That's a miracle. And that's us coming together. And that, I think, is what's happening when we read Malachi about the blessings that are poured down when we give of ourselves and we bring our offerings to the altar. Our offerings. What so many have brought here today, the bells have prepared an offering for us, the, the choir has prepared an offering, the youth is preparing an offering of dinner. We're all coming together, offering the best of ourselves to make this worship service be so meaningful to everyone. And I think that that's what's happening here. I think that when we bring our gifts together, we can't help but be blessed with God's righteousness. In fact, we read in Corinthians where Paul planted and Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So when we come together, the Holy Spirit is active and creating a wonderful atmosphere within our church. The words harvest and thanksgiving are linked together in many cultures. Most who till the soil know that our feeble human efforts do not produce crops. Crops require sun and rain and other variables that are beyond our control. The early settlers and the indigenous people they found here also recognized the importance of God's provision for survival. And hundreds of years later, a commemorative meal serves as a reminder for us to thank God for all those things that are necessary for our survival, those things that are intangible but so real those things like love and grace that pervade our lives because of God's presence in it. 
I was interested too when I was reflecting on Romans 6 this week. If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, then the branches are holy. The first thing that struck me is I wonder if that's where the expression dough has come to mean money. But I don't, I don't have any idea of whether that's true, but isn't that interesting? But the important part of this scripture is the idea that the first part is holy. And those of you who bake know that that yeast sort of works throughout. And, and in the same way, the water that nourishes the tree, all of, if the roots are holy, then the branches are holy. Norma Cain posted a really wonderful thing on Facebook this week. She's, she posted this that says, in a society that has you counting money, pounds, steps, steps, and calories, be a rebel and count your blessings instead. So when we come together and we, we assemble our gifts together and God is at work within this, we can't help but recognize the blessings that God is giving us. In fact, Charles Schultz wrote a Peanuts comic strip years ago just before Thanksgiving where Lucy was grumbling and grousing and saying, I, my, my whole life is miserable. Nothing good ever happens to me. This is a terrible time for me. And her little brother Linus seeks to comfort her and says, it's not so bad, Lucy. Count your blessings. And she says, what do I have to count? There are no blessings in my life. And he looked at her and said, well, there's one, and that's that your little brother loves you. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful gift for each of us to know that our God loves us and blesses us. What a wonderful gift for us to come together as a community each week here and remind each other, God loves you. God loves you. So that when we do encounter those Lucy moments in our lives, when we feel down in the dumps, we can know that God loves us and that we have a community here that will continue to remind us of that, that will support us. I am so grateful for this church family, especially in this Thanksgiving week. And I give thanks. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.